0: And the veeding that shone round you forever quest where to go. And Banksy made Mr. Brainwash, and we want to take it slow. Sean, don't you know tonight the podcast waves are ours. Here we go, Sean.
1: It's all ours today. It's all, I. It's all ours all the time. The podcast waves are ours. It's I'm actually excited, not true. Sean. It's actually not true because we have had somebody join the podcast waves and talk about EverQuest stuff.
0: That still doesn't mean it's it's still ours. No. We're determining what we do every week, whether we talk about EverQuest or whether we talk about exit through the game champ. Or whether we talk about Valheim. When are we going to have the Valheim episode? That's another question. But not one that's going to get answered today, folks, because we got a lot to get through. There's not going to be any gibberty jabber that's non-essential at the beginning here. All right. I've already done enough. This is a show called Foreverquest. It's usually about an MMORPG called EverQuest. It's actually a show about friendship. That's the secret. But we are currently taking a break from EverQuest and we are doing a couple movie movie i always call them movies reviews uh and this is our third one we have done my first pick was gummo then you got the princess bride now we are doing exit through the gift shop and i believe next you said we might be doing harlem nights but that might be christmas again because eq launch is coming out soon sean
1: yeah that's that's probably what we're gonna do but we'll see we'll see if i change my mind or not i got time to think about it if anybody has any suggestions, streets. I'll take suggestions. Oh uh, it's Sean. I'm excited. God. I'm so excited, Sean. Yeah, so, well, let's let's well let's just dive right in then. I mean, you know, why wait? Why wait, everybody? Um, if you're a fan
0: and you want to support us, uh go to Patreon front slash forever quest. You also get the uh Episodes a day early, as well as bonus eps. I think I have a patron to shout out here. Thank you very much, dude, man. Do you think, Sean? Do you, Sean? Sean, thing.
1: Well, I just want to say thanks. I, you know, especially during this time that we're not even talking about EverQuest and that you would find any of this stuff interesting or fun to listen to, I really appreciate that. So, thank you very much. And don't worry, we'll get back to EverQuest real soon. Someday
0: maybe no commitments all right i'm not well, getting locked in a corner you don't put baby in a corner okay
1: let's just say that you know next week is uh launch so episode just get ready for it mhm no we're doing launch this week with destro
0: i'm excited actually we're going to do it chill it's going to be nice destro all right whoa whoa, whoa. we're going to start with a little game Sean. I am going to read d- you a d- quote des-
1: Sorry. and you're going
0: to tell me, you No, know, you can sing over me. I do it to you all the time. And uh, you're going to tell me if uh, the quote is from Banksy or Robin Williams. This game is called stick em up. I'm Robin the Banksy. Here we go. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. Some get it as a graduation gift. That's Banksy. That's a Robin Williams, my friend. Yeah. N- okay next i think it's great when stories are dark and strange and weirdly personal
1: and that sounds like robin williams but it's probably banksy
0: man this game is i picked a perfect game because uh that's too wrong that means it's a good game aren't their quotes close sean are they the same person what are we dealing with here ready for the next one sean They're not even close to the same person. Go ahead. I think they might be the same person. The greatest crimes in the world are not committed by people breaking the rules, but by people following the rules. It's people who follow orders that drop bombs and massacre villages.
1: Yeah, that's that's Banksy.
0: That's the Banksy. A lot of mothers will do anything for their children except let them be themselves.
1: A lot of mothers will let their children do anything except let them be themselves. Hmm. I'll go with Robin Williams. That's a
0: Banksy. People who enjoy waving flags don't deserve to have one.
1: (laughs) What? People waving flags don't deserve to have one? No, 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 no. You
0: missed a very important (laughs) word there. People who enjoy waving flags don't deserve to have one.
1: Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with, uh, I'll go with Robin Williams.
0: That's a Banksy there. That's Mm -hmm. a Banksy. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind, always.
1: Yeah, that's definitely Robin Williams.
0: That's a Robin. There are no rules, just follow your heart. That's Banksy. That's a Robin Williams. Damn, they are the same person, Sean. I'm telling you. I wonder how people at home are doing right now. Probably much better than me. I mean, they say you die twice. One time when you stop breathing, and a second time a bit later on when somebody says your name for the last time. Uh, Banksy. That's a Banksy. That said, I think that'll give people just a little bit of a feel for what we're getting into, because I'm not going to dive deep into who Banksy is. We'll get into it a little later, but uh, we are going to dive deep into the movie now, Sean, which you watched last night for the first time with your family, or was it the second time? Did you realize that you'd seen this before?
1: Mm, So I'd seen maybe the first half or quarter and it didn't watch it all the way through and then last
0: night you watched the whole thing through yep pretty much with your family or alone
1: my family watched as well
0: very interesting that's awesome because i'm very curious if you know what some of their reactions or thoughts or opinions were um this is like the fifth or sixth time i've seen this first time i saw it literally kind of changed my life i'd say it, it it changed my life more than any movie Because uh, I was already thinking about quitting my job, and I ended up becoming an artist. And honestly, I think this had something to do with it. I'm almost embarrassed to say that. (laughs) But uh, uh, honestly, that's the truth. And uh, it's funny, because every time I watch this movie, I have a different opinion. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. So anyways, let's get into it, Sean. Scene one. Oh, I'm sorry. This is We're reviewing Exit Through the Gift Shop, a 2010 film by Banksy. Scene one. The Streets Are Ours. Uh, it almost feels like a credits scene, but there are no credits. Uh, it's We start off with uh, hearing the song The Streets Are Ours as we watch a variety of street artists go to work in a montage.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Spray paint. That's a lot of spray paint. Um, I'm not sure if it was done intentionally, but it's, it's not uh, finished artwork. It's very... It, it almost just seems like it's uh, graffiti for graffiti's sake, what they're doing. Yeah, I think there's
0: a variety. I think there's, we see some intricate works of art that take a lot of time and a lot of detail, and then we also see the gnarly ones, like, for example, the word coma, just written in huge letters on the side of a wall with what looks like somebody just used a, like a huge... Uh, air-compressed spray can. There's another person, speaking of the gnarly ones, who as a train goes by just has this enormous blaster, like a fire extinguisher spray can where he's just blasting the side of the fucking train as it goes by. Uh, The gnarly ones that you're talking about that feel like graffiti for graffiti's sakes, those are honestly my favorite during this one, like another one where a guy's standing on top of a car as another person drives and he's just putting a huge black line (laughs) on the side of a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we see more than just uh, spray paint here. We see um, paste-ups, which is like uh, pieces of paper uh, adhered to a wall with a uh, wheat and water homemade glue. Um, We see people using fire. We see people using chalk. We see lots of climbing as well during this scene, people trying to get to their spots, and we see a lot of this is happening at night. Sean, my favorite part of this scene is the very, very end, which is uh, not somebody doing street art but uh, a guy running away from two uh security guards and like he runs up the side of this really steep hill to get into the second layer of a second level of a parking uh ramp and the cops uh one tries to follow him up there but can't make the hill (laughs) and the other one does the thing that i've done this so many times (laughs) where like he knows he can't catch the guy but he just decides to like run up to the second level ramp and like jump up as high as he can and just like touch the tips of his fingers on the ramp like oh I didn't make it like of course you weren't going to fucking make it why do we do that as humans right you yeah, just i touch it, you... like oh i was able to touch it
1: you know i think you're like in your mind you're like I'm going to get there <laughs> i'm going to do what I I just saw that other human being do because I'm a human being and so uh, here I go. And then you don't even come close to doing what that person just did. And, uh, yeah, I think that's how it happens. And then his buddy, the
0: second one, who tried to do the hill and couldn't make it, follows him and also does the tippy touch thing like, oh, he didn't do it, but I'm going to go for it now. <laughs> just barely touches the tips of his fingers on the second floor of the ramp.
1: Now, I mean, he didn't even go for the getting up there. It was just like. <laughs> It was just like, oh, is that where he went? Kind of thing. Like, do you think he was the trainee? Like, I better do what my boss did. No, I think that that's just like. So when you go back to write the report, you can say, "I made the (laughs) we we made the attempt to follow." And if you don't do that, then the other person would say, "I made the attempt," and Officer Ron didn't uh, didn't really make an attempt to (laughs) apprehend the
0: criminal street artist it's not graffiti it's street art scene two terry records everything a disguised banksy uh tells us the movie was supposed to be about him but he ended up uh making it about a more interesting person terry garetta
1: okay let's stop for a second <laughs> Yep, yeah, let's stop for a second okay so we get introduced to Banksy, okay, everybody. So oh. for those that don't know, Banksy is an artist who a street artist, very famous. Artwork sells for millions of dollars, right? All this is true, correct? Yep. Yeah. Artwork sells for millions of dollars, but he he no one knows who he is. And that's still true, correct? Like no one to this <clears throat> day knows who he is.
0: Uh I'm I wouldn't say nobody, uh, but um We'll get to that in the end, but yeah, I think, yeah, his, his, and his amenity is part of his whole brand. The whole thing about Banksy is that he's Batman. We don't
1: know who he is. There's a lot of theories. Right. And so now he's telling us that this guy makes movies and he was supposed to be making this movie about street art. And we all, that's why we were letting him film us. basically he sucks and so i mean i I know like act three now but okay but it's this is important because you know you're gonna get there anyways but so is do do you think banksy's a little conceited do i think banksy's a little conceited
0: man that would we would have to start with what banksy is and who they are to even answer that question geez do i think banksy's conceited god no i'm going to go with on that no angle that one
1: well how okay so here's a person who says this person's important because they were supposed to be making a movie but they weren't good enough to make the movie so i made the movie which is now <laughs> sure, good enough sure. right right and yeah. it's and it's not about this guy it's act, i mean it's not about me it's really about this guy except that just let me remind you this i made this movie right. and this movie ends up not being about this guy really it becomes about more about Banksy than this guy to me. Anyway. Yeah.
0: This is interesting. Cons- Hearing your reaction is super interesting. I think, yeah, that's. A t- I totally agree with you. I think everything you're saying is 100%
1: accurate. Right. So it seems a little bit um, contrived. Let's just say that.
0: Contrived. That is actually a very good word. I love that word. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would uh, argue, a little spoiler here, that maybe this whole thing is contrived but to move on.
1: Yeah, that's uh, what it seems like that's that, the more you go through it the more it seems contrived.
0: Like what is going on here? Is this like, what what am I watching here? Right. I, I like that that you uh that you went there. Okay. But it's not about what I like, Sean, it's about the movie. Right. So Let's continue. Uh, you said uh, it's going to be about a more interesting person, Terry Guretta. Uh, Terry mm-hmm. is a French immigrant who came in the 80s. He started a vintage clothing shop in LA. Uh, had a family a couple kids wife he also has a compulsion to film everything all the time can you elaborate on that Sean for people who haven't seen the film
1: yeah I mean it looked like he had a super eight um one of those old cameras that like had the tape that you put in and you could just do it yourself and uh I'm sure he got better cameras as it went along but um yeah he just seemingly always had a camera with him and was always filming but you know that again that's it's this part of it seems fairly contrived they show eventually they show you like thousands upon thousands of tapes so you know but anybody who ever messed around with um you know regular old uh six tracks or four track tape recorders you know whatever i had thousands of those
0: yeah and they're, they're like the little mini ones right we're not talking about the big vhs tapes they're like a quarter of the size of that
1: yeah they're small they're they're like just a, they're like twice the thickness of what you used to put into your boom box yeah
0: and, and as a matter of fact the camera kind of looks like about the size of a boom box not one of the fucking ghetto blaster boom boxes not one of the big ass ones but like a decent size boom box is about his camera size right
1: yeah, you know, one of your parents' friends' parents had one of these cameras when in yeah. the 80s, right? And they pulled it out at Christmas and they would film you. Yep. But this guy had one um, with him, just seemingly had it with him. Like all from the time, but, time he but, woke up to the time he went to bed is the way again, they present it. Right. But again, he, maybe, who knows? Maybe he just actually filmed these guys who were going out and doing this stuff, or, or maybe he was one of the people that was going out and doing it and that's why he was filming it.
0: Wow. God, I love that you went here right away. It, it literally took me like four watches to even get to where you are right now. My first three watches were all just about like first being inspired and then being like, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I love this though. I like what you're vibing on here, Sean. What is going on with this film? This weird ass film. Well, okay, let uh- me
1: let me put it to you this way. Let's think about how anybody would get into a situation in which they could just happen to meet the most well, famous artists in the world. Right? I'm about just, to tell
0: you, because scene magic. three through seven is going to take us there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's magic.
0: All right, scene three, Space Invader. Uh, mm-hmm. Terry starts to record his cousin, Space Invader.
1: Right, his and cousin.
0: Friends, yeah, his cousin, Space Invader. Uh, uh, and remember, his friends.
1: remember, this is the Frenchman who came from France. Right. right. And now
0: he's in France visiting his cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, remember, he records everything and he right. gets to go out with his cousin Space Invader right. and film him and a couple of his friends do street art at night. Mm-hmm. Um, Space Invader uh, makes tiles, little sculptures of the video game Space Invader using little 8-bit uh, primary color type sculptures. And then he puts a uh, construction adhesive on the backs of them and then puts them in interesting spots and cities. Like maybe these things are like the size of a lunchbox. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's a pretty well-known, uh, person in the scene. We also get to meet a couple other street artists, uh, Monsignor Andre, who does the blinking eye Zeus, who makes, uh, shadows of items in public. And, uh, Terry loves this because he says it's a mix of fear and something nobody else gets to see.
1: Yep. He certainly does. And he says he, you know, when they, when they go to like one level, he'll have to go three levels higher just to get the right shot.
0: Yep. And uh, you get a feeling that these are like, when, when he's, when you're seeing the footage of him going out these nights with these guys, it's like, they're kind of buddies. They're like laughing. They're having a good time and yeah, they're running and they're like on motorcycles zooming around the city, middle of the night. And I could see uh, how it would seem like intoxicating where he uh, feels like he's getting drawn into something because it feels like s- something special, but yeah, also like illegal, but also like super um, camaraderie, like you're part of a little gang. Mm-hmm. Scene four, uh, Shepard Fairey. Space Invader uh, travels to the U.S. and introduces Terry to Shepard Ferry, the most prolific street artist ever. Uh, Shepard Ferry is out of L.A. In 1989, he started uh, putting up Obey stickers. Um, he uh, believes in the power of repetition and creates his brand uh, by putting up more street art than anybody in the world. Um, while uh, uh, he really rose to fame when he did the Obama Hope poster, which a lot of you have probably seen. And now you can buy obey t shirts, you know, in Target. Target. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I yeah. um I had that thing, Sean, you know, where, you know, you're really into a band and then everybody likes them, and you're like, yeah, I liked it first or whatever. And I don't know if you're supposed to like them, you don't understand the music. I had that moment because, you know, I really got into this street art stuff. You know, I'd like bought some Shepherd Fairey stuff and all that, a couple posters make art not war you've all seen that one before it's in the back of a lot of movies and it's pretty all over the place now but anyway um I met a guy who uh in Minnesota who was wearing a bunch of obey stuff like brand new fresh off the shelves and I was a little upset because he was like a big trumper (laughs) and he was like an alt-right men's rights guy and I'm like oh you know what that stuff means he's like no idea (laughs) like god damn it But what are you going to do, right? Oh, Shepard Berry like, got the money in the end, I suppose.
1: It sounds like the snake biting its tail.
0: <laughs> exactly. Or the snake taking the money from the poopy tail. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on here.
1: From the poopy tail. Mm. It's
0: like uh, born in the USA being a... Anyway. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Uh, and we uh, get to see some of my favorite lines. Like, uh, that's not graffiti. That's Space Invader. No, this is straight art. It's not graffiti, as uh, the police officers roll up on him and Space Invader putting a, a piece somewhere, and you get to see that interaction. They're like, we don't give a fuck what you call it. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they're definitely not in France at that point either, which contradicts kind of what they're saying because they're talking to English cops. Oh,
0: well, they're, yeah, they're in L.A. at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, now well, that they're in sounds like they. Well, that sounded like they were s- somewhere else even. Like, I don't know. No,
0: they're in L.A. for sure in this scene. Okay. And the cops so, are not having it. They're like, I don't care. Because, yeah, in in France, there's a lot more graffiti, at least. I don't know if it's legal there or not, but it's all over the place. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he gets to meet uh, Shepard Ferry and he gets to travel on like rooftops and stuff with them and go to Kinko's and see the actual process. And this is one thing I find interesting uh, for me because f- watching this for the first time, I realized a street artist isn't just, it's not just about the creativity or whatever you're almost like an engineer or like a, a contractor in a way like there's materials that go into this and there's like equipment you need and it's like physical and uh yeah it's it's interesting the work that goes into it especially these huge pay ups that shepherd ferry would do
1: i can't imagine how much work must go into how many hours of work preceding the day that you put it up and then again how many hours of work it just is to to have it up to put it up, you know, it's got to be hours and hours and hours and hours. These things are humongous.
0: Man, uh, his wife would say that uh, Shepard was out pretty much every night until two. And then if he was out past two, he had to sleep on the couch and he'd get beat in the morning. <laughs> so and it sounded like this was just a compulsion for Shepard Ferry starting in 1989 when he created the uh, Andre the Giant has a posse that weighs 300 pounds and is coming for you sticker kind of as a lark. He started putting it everywhere as this idea that branding was just this thing that people, companies make work on us do through repetition. And he's like, well, I can do that, too. I'll just put up more stickers than anybody could ever dream of. And before you know, I'll have my own brand. And it worked. And the whole point is just kind of how branding works on people's minds. Um, But anyway, anywho, uh, in this the end of this scene, Banksy has another line which raises my eyebrow just like it raises yours i'm i'm assuming with your skepticism of this movie where banksy says we all needed someone who knew how to use a camera yep you don't know anybody else who knows how to use a camera a bunch of artists or,
1: right <laughs> or you couldn't figure it out yourself uh, Hmm. oh boy and, um and, like, yeah anyway
0: continue scene five i'm going to make a documentary uh Terry travels with Shepard Ferry around the world and uh, commits to turning his footage into a documentary. He's introduced to a lot more of the street artists' uh, top players like Seizure, Neckface, Sweet Tooth, and Cyclops. Ron English, I don't think he's actually a street artist, but is part of that kind of crew. Dot Masters, Swoon, Borf, uh, Boof Monster. Yeah, this is just where we get to see a lot more behind the scenes, like footage of actual street art being put up in the middle of the night by all these people.
1: Yeah, but again, it's like one or two from each person, right? It's not like a ton of footage of these people doing these things. It's like a f- couple things here and a couple things here from each one of them,
0: with the exception. Yeah, it's little clips. Yep, like one yeah. person climbing a building, another person actually putting up their paste. You know, right? Another person so- getting arrested, whatever.
1: Part of me wonders, like, did they, did they choose not to show things that they never got caught for because then they would be incriminated? There's all that question I have about some of this stuff too, because at some point in time they knew who the guy, they knew who Obey was. And so right when he put something up, up, was he getting arrested for every single one? And was he getting fined for every single one? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Um... A couple of things I like in this scene are uh, where a cop walks up to Terry as, you know, a couple of street artists are being arrested. And he's holding his camera and he's like, you can't record this. He says, it's not recording, <laughs> but it's recording. Yeah. Uh, I love Terry. Honestly, the first time I watched this, I had a lot of judgment towards Terry. I would maybe it's the second time. I don't know. At some point during my journey with this movie, I'm like, he's such a poser. Um,
1: yeah, because I'm, is, I'm at the cause... point
0: now where I love Terry.
1: Banksy is telling you that he's a poser. Right. Banksy he's is sett- telling you that he's no he's good. He's setting
0: it all up, right? He he sets it all up to the end where he's like, look at this guy who copied me. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, another scene I absolutely love in this part is where uh, we see a guy uh, with a cool little haircut say that uh, his friend committed suicide, I want to say when he was 16, And, and his friend's name was Borf. And so now he just goes around the city and does stuff and to commemorate his friend. And for me, this is part of, this is kind of like what this guy's doing is it's art, you know, and I, I I know I sound, Oh, it sounds so aloof and so highfalutin when you say stuff like that, but this is what art is. It's somebody dealing with something through expression. And I love the fact of what, what this guy's doing. And there's one thing he puts up on somebody's wall and it just says, in huge letters, huge spray paint letters on a wall. That says, sorry about your wall, dash Borf. And I just, I love it.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you believe the story that his friend's name is Borf, then I suppose it all is feels good, right? Because, look, he's got a reason to do it. Uh. But if he never had a friend named Borf, which kind of seems more realistic to me. I don't know anybody named Borf or anybody who would name their kid Borf. <laughs> but let's just, you know, pretend like Borf does did exist. Then, you know, okay. All right, you you have uh you have a purpose for writing on somebody else's wall, but you know, you have a wall somewhere, you live somewhere. Why don't you put it on your wall?
0: Yeah, maybe he lives in an apartment. I don't know. Yeah,
1: maybe I that mean, is but, his
0: apartment wall.
1: But I mean, you have the you have your inside wall. But do you think if you looked at his inside wall, he's got Borf stuff all over the place?
0: Mm, the argu- oh, the argument that it shouldn't be put in public. Don't put this uh, stuff I, in public, people.
1: I don't mind that they put it in public. Obviously, if they want it to be seen, that's what I, you know. But the forcing of um forcing of branding you, you you know or if you want to call the forcing of making something quote unquote art by putting it in a gallery right which whatever we'll come to that in a few scenes too but it's basically doing the same thing right you're just saying i'm i'm forcing this to to say this is art yeah
0: yeah free but, art right but, but Here you go yeah, everybody but
1: so- but there's also the self-aggrandizing part of it, which is like, yeah, but like, I'm not an artist and I'm just doing it because it's like a feeling, but I have to do it out here in public where everybody can see it in like the most public place where the, like the most people can see it. But I'm not trying to like, I'm just trying to be like, you know, get my feelings out there. Okay. So it's a little bit self-aggrandizing in that way too, because it's not really that what you're really trying to do is affect as many possible people as you can. Otherwise you wouldn't put it there. Right.
0: Right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right, so on. scene six, uh, Terry's missing star. Banksy, uh, the world's most famous street artist, eludes uh, Terry. Uh, we see a little scene of Banksy and why he's uh, the world's most famous street artist. Uh, he pulls a prank where he goes into a famous gallery and takes a piece of his own. And uh, adheres it to a wall in the middle of the day while everybody's walking around, kind of like in plain sight. Um, Some other things we see that uh, Banksy does is some sculptures, but mostly uh, black and white stencils. Uh, They're very cheeky. They're usually very simple. Uh, A lot of times they make you think a little bit. um, And real economy of words. Like he, uh, he or they have a real knack for getting a point across with as uh, little information as possible or getting a question across as for with as little information as possible
1: yeah that so that's kind of the thing i was just talking about where he goes into a museum and just puts his placard up with his um painting above it and like it was an art piece itself and calls it art yeah,
0: and uh, there's a recording of him doing so and then walking out with his big trench coat. He looks like three kids uh, in a trench coat joke. Uh, it's pretty funny with a big old hat on. You can't see his face because everything's so, you know, puffy around his face with his big clothes and everything.
1: Right, so here's the first time I go, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Are they filming Banksy do this or is this somebody else, right? And you're supposed to think it's Banksy. Am I right about that?
0: I would say that it's presented right like it's Banksy.
1: Right. And now you're also being told that this is a film being made by this one guy the entire time, right? Right. So in your mind you're saying, Oh wow, that guy filmed Banksy.
0: No, 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 no. That's not well, what it seems like. This seems I why think not? they should kind of make it out. Well, it's just they, not how they frame it. They frame it like Terry's never met Banksy. Right. And that all this stuff happened before he met Banksy.
1: But they've also said that how hard is it to find someone to film this stuff and how hard is it to to, right. you know. Right? And they also said this guy's a filmmaker and that, you know, he, en- he ends up <clears throat> quote unquote meeting Banksy. Right. And then all of a sudden here's film something that supposedly nobody else was doing, but Terry. Right. Yeah. None, none of that stuff makes sense to me. Again, this is why it seems very set up, but go ahead. That That's like one of the, that was one of the major red flags to me. I was like, how did you film Banksy?
0: So we're about halfway through the scenes here. I'm, curious a little check-in with your family at this point are you like openly like questioning the movie like this with your family and is there a discussion happening openly while you guys watch
1: no they're they're no i'm my guess is this they're just much more into the art of it at this point
0: okay so there was you guys weren't talking at all during the movie no okay um let's see so yeah so there's uh terry's missing star next up uh terry has trauma Scene 7, we learn that when Terry was 11 in France, his mother died, and he was separated from his large family and uh, sent to live with his cousin. Uh, He didn't get to go be with his family again. He came from a very large family. He was the youngest of them, and this created some trauma. Um, Also, his mother's illness was uh, something his family knew, but they kept it from him because he was the youngest. Uh, The combination of these things have made it so ever since he records everything compulsively so he won't miss anything important and it will live on forever. Um, It is important to say that uh, this has been, there are a lot of people skeptical of this movie, just like you, Sean, and this has been um, researched. Uh, This part of his history is definitely true. I wanted to get okay. that out there before you, <laughs> like his mom's not dead, and be like, "Hold on, no, Sean, slow down, buddy."
1: <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's it's yeah. I can see that. He, he, I mean, it's obvious that he became an artist, right? <laughs> uh, so All maybe right. He, he had something to he had something that he needed to work out. So.
0: Now he takes every tape he makes and just puts it into or, unorganized boxes. This is an extremely Warhol thing to do. Sean was actually your brother who he loves Warhol, here, brother. And he explained Warhol a bit more to me than I ever understood. And how Warhol never really made anything. He just told people what to make and he kind of had a crew and, uh, he was just kind of a weirdo, right. Who, to- who had a vision and told people what to do. And one thing he did is every day he would take everything he like interacted with in that day, like maybe a napkin he used or I don't know, just every little things, a stone he walked across that day, a book he read and he would seal it in a box. And so now there's a Warhol museum of like every day of his life or whatever. And all these sealed boxes of what he interacted with. And he had the same thing where he had to like compartmentalize his life into these little like, oh, now I've trapped my, this day of my life. And it seems like what Terry's doing here, it looks very Warhol to me where he's just taping everything and putting it into a box because he thinks that makes it live or whatever. Maybe somebody will use it in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? So he's, um, doing a, uh, in my opinion, he's uh you know, if if he is for real, right? He mm-hmm. is doing the uh documentary um because it's making him feel like he's part of a family again. Now that we learn, or I should say this is how the movie is presenting it, is how I should say it, is that he's lost his family. He has trauma. I mean, he does have his wife and kids, but <clears throat> presumably he needs more. And he is finding that new family in the street art scene and he's feeling <clears throat> part of something again i think that's what the movie is presenting here
1: i yeah i can see that i i um yeah i mean i can i to me i think a big part a big part about what they're doing is wanting to be recognized wanting to be seen um More than anything else, I I think that that's this underlying ambition that none of them seem to want to admit. And how, you know, the art is the means to get there. And so it makes it seem relevant or ethical or um, worthy, but it's the same underlying desire um, that drives them. Right. Right.
0: I think we got that. You kind of brought that up in the previous scene too. I think I think we know where you stand now on their uh, on what they're doing here and how maybe they're full of themselves a bit.
1: Yeah, but they're kids too, right? Like, the, as they're presenting this, like, uh, what's the American uh, obeis artist name? Shepherd Ferry. Yeah, like he's like what twenty something in this in these films, like some mm-hmm. of the early ones. Like he looks like he's twenty three, right? And so, you know, I get it. Like, there's that that desire of greatness and like being untouchable and, you know, unbreakable. And if there's any time in your life where you should strive for that, I think, I think that is the time you go for it, but it's also seeming, it seems to be a very male thing.
0: Yeah. Most of them are male. And I bet part of that too is a feeling of safety of going out
1: at night. Maybe, but I think it's also that idea of just like dominance and wanting to be back to what I just said again, and obviously I don't need to say it a third time. Yeah, like peeing on a wall, like making your mark. Yep. Leaving your stank. Yep.
0: That's a cough. Oh, boy. So now Terry meets Banksy. Uh, We see another little scene from Banksy where he tags a wall in Palestine. um, uh, Becoming one of his most famous stunts uh, on the Gaza wall. Terry really wants to meet him.
1: Banksy right. then travels to. What's that? Sorry, sorry. Again, here they don't di- they don't differentiate whether or not it's the guy that's making this film that did it, or it's somebody else who they never give credit to.
0: They imply that it's somebody else because we know that Terry has not met Banksy yet, and this happened before they met.
1: Right, but who, we never know who it is. Right, who films it? Right, correct. And so here again, I, it just. Uh, a, a hole in the plot for me is like here's a bad filmmaker and the only one doing it but I but this whole time the good filmmaker was doing it too and here's proof right anyway right I continue
0: so then Banksy travels to the U.S. and his buddy presumably the filmmaker uh, gets stopped at customs they say and so Shepard Ferry talks to Banksy and Banksy says I need somebody to show me around the city and Shepard Ferry says hey how about this Terry guy he'll get he'll guide you around the city Okay. One of my one of my favorite lines here. Where are you? <laughs> I go red light. womb. <laughs> Fucking love Terry. Um, uh, they uh uh Banksy says he can only record him from behind. He says he's never been recorded uh, before. He can only show his hands, and that he gets to see all the footage afterwards.
1: Okay, but see there, that's not true either. Continue.
0: I had it's no not, idea it, you're going to come in this, like, you have, I feel like true. you got an agenda. Like you're upset here and like I you're am, upset at this movie.
1: Because the whole time I'm going, but why are you saying that? You just showed film of you being filmed. <coughs> right, right, am I wrong?
0: No, you're not wrong, Sean. Oh, okay. All okay. right. All right. Continue. You're not wrong. Continue. Um. So yeah, <laughs> then we... um. Did
1: none? Of, did see. you not think about any of this when you saw this? Did it just like wash over you? Not you're... like the first two times. Okay, but then you yeah. started to notice these things.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just surprised by how like upset you are about it. <laughs> because no, when I'm... I started to notice these things, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. No, this what is I'm really up... cool.
1: <laughs> what I'm upset about is that what, what the reason why is, I don't I don't want to spoil the ending but let's just say that if you understand habits like if you understand how f- habits form and like just you know mad men like 1950s all that stuff if you understand that stuff then you understand this continue
0: so uh we get to see Banksy put up some of his pieces in LA it's also probably worth noting here that uh Banksy uh, copies a lot from a French uh, street artist named Lorette who came before Banksy, who also did a lot of rats for social commentary, which is kind of how Banksy got his start. And we get to see him put up some of his most famous rats in L.A.
1: Okay, now wait a um, minute. Did you just say Banksy copied somebody? Yeah. Oh, okay. Continue. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to figure out who you're upset at.
1: I'm not upset at all. I'm just making you sound comments. sound upset. I'm not. It's just comments on the comments from the movie, right? It's all so intentional.
0: So ter- Terry goes to England. Terry is invited uh, to the inner workings of Banksy's team and records people's reactions to the installations they put out in England. In particular, we see the uh, telephone booth that is welded together In a wonky way with a big pickaxe going through it and blood on the ground. We get to see that installed and Terry record people's reactions to
1: it. And and this is in London, right? Yes. And so we were now, now we're assuming that the American told the British guy that the French guy would know his way around London the best. No, he's following the team at this point, just
0: recording them. This is after they came to America. Banksy lets
1: them in. Yes, exactly. Okay, so now they're in a different country. And now That's this right. is really... the This is now Terry filming for sure. Right. That's now, where they present I, it. And do you notice any differences in this filming and the other filming? Or I haven't paid attention to that. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I think you're upset at me. I
0: think I get it here. You're upset at me for some reason. I'm not, <laughs> we got to get upset. to the bottom of this.
1: I'm not upset at all. I'm, I'm just... I'm just making comments. Frustrated, no, irritated, not, no, not okay. at all, none, none of it. I, I actually like the movie. Continue.
0: Oh wait, what did you say Banksy was at the beginning? Contrived, like, like conceited. You're being, are you being conceited? Like you know something that nobody else knows?
1: No, I'm not being conceited. I just think it's it's funny though. Just continue. Let's just get okay. to the end so I'll we just can keep, talk. I'll about just why. keep going, everybody. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Um. We also get to see Banksy show counterfeit money, which is an interesting thing to show on a movie. Uh, He shows a bunch of boxes of money he made as an art project where he put Princess Diane's money on pounds, Uh, but then he said he tried spending it at a festival and it worked and he realized that using this as a art installation might be a really bad money, really bad idea if these get out into public and he gets charged
1: um they already are are out in public um but maybe he never got charged scene 10
0: terry 10. makes street art i'm sorry
1: don't go ahead terry makes street art
0: uh terry does uh paste ups all over la using an illustration of himself made by another street artist of him holding a camera uh Terry's wife is worried because he is spending all his time uh, with these street artists and making street art uh, after this has been five years now he's been filming and uh, making art and been away from his family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now he's been, well, you missed the part about them convincing him that he should be making art and we'll get, we'll get there. Right, but that's why he started to do it, isn't it? He didn't just do it off of a whim.
0: No, he did it off of a whim, but then he goes over the deep end when they told him to actually do it. But this one picture was a whim. Okay. Uh, Scene 11, The Magic Kingdom. uh, To promote uh, an L.A. art show, Banksy creates an art installation in Disneyland, uh, causing security to capture Terry, who recorded the whole thing, and security demands he turn over the footage. Terry deletes the footage of his, apparently his uh, like photo snap camera in front of them, but stashes the recorded tape in his sock and gets away. He refuses to give Banksy up to the authorities, and this solidifies Banksy's trust in Terry. I don't have nothing with you guys. I don't have nothing with this guy.
1: (laughs) So how much of that do you believe?
0: This was my very first uh, scene. Uh, I don't know if it was probably around the second time where I'm like, "Huh, this one is fishy." This was the f- fishiest scene in the movie, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that that actually happened.
0: Well, you don't think they even put the thing in Disneyland?
1: I don't know. I don't know if that was Disney. I don't. I don't know if it actually happened there. I mean, mm-hmm. it,
0: we saw the roller coaster. We actually see the. So, everybody, what we see, just to explain it. Is Banksy and Terry, apparently just the two of them go into Disneyland. Again, this is him trying to promote his show. He's going to do this big LA art show. And Guantanamo Bay is happening right now. And so he basically makes a blow-up doll about the size of a human of a orange jumpsuit, a black hood over the head, uh, handcuffs on feet and legs, in clasps, uh, Guantanamo Bay prisoner. But it was inflatable. So it was small in his backpack. Then he gets to Disneyland. He pumps it up with an inflatable, like right in the middle of day, in the middle of everybody. There's a recording of it, like it's. I don't see how that can't be Disneyland. Like there's, I don't know, man. It's it's Disneyland. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how they could have edited that, especially in 2010. But we see the roller coasters and everything, and we see somebody, whether it's Banksy or whoever, walk in past the uh, like the uh, the fence, the metal fence that keeps you out of the roller coaster area. And like he gets in there and like uh, puts this thing, and then all of a sudden the ride stops because like apparently somebody notices there's something fucked up going on, and that's when, yeah, that's when apparently Banksy takes off and Terry gets caught.
1: Yeah, so that it actually happened. What's that? It did actually happen. It was Disney. I I, just, I was just saying it wouldn't been wouldn't have been hard to find another amusement park with a with a roller coaster and just say it was Disney, but it it did actually happen at Disney.
0: Yeah, I mean that'd be really easy to fact check, right? Like whether a yeah, different yeah, yeah. amusement park or Disney.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was Disney. It happened.
0: Man, I love your. You are the perfect person to watch this movie because you're looking at every scene. Ah, that ain't fucking Disney, dude. But
1: <laughs> well, no, I did. I, I'm just saying it wouldn't be hard to to like fake it, right? Well, the whole here's the whole thing. I mean, look, if you're listening to what they say from the very beginning, right? It's it's that basically it's the middle finger to the art, anyway, right? They're like, yes. "F you." This the whole thing is you you bottle everything up and put it on a wall inside someplace and tell me that that's art and then everybody agrees and so that's art. Well, f you, I think this is art and so I'm gonna put it out here where everybody can see it and say that it's art, right? So I get it. I'm and I'm totally think it's you know it's very now, but it's the same. It's the same thing. It's um anyway. Uh, it's it's the same. Uh, it's the same concept to me. It doesn't so mean then- art okay yeah
0: so to you art is more of a like a technical thing like if somebody can perfectly like reproduce somebody's face like with years Mm -hmm. of training for example
1: no i actually do think it comes down to the some sort of accordance with agreement amongst people like that that is what eventually would make something but it's also something that has to withstand the, the the test of time right it can't just be something that is in the moment um and then next week it's not Okay, so there's there's just a little bit more. There has to be a little bit more depth to it for me.
0: Okay, you, you almost bought a Banksy, right? You were talking to me about how you're looking to buy the uh, the Banksy helmet uh, globe raffle yes, thing. I did. Yeah, that's true. Has your opinion about this type of art changed since then? Because people definitely change, you
1: know. Well, I, you would have to ask me why I would why I was buying that piece of art. Were you buying a stock, Sean? Were you investing? Correct. Oh, interesting.
0: All right, so scene 12, The Elephant in the Room. Uh, Banksy's L.A. art show creates controversy over a painted elephant, and Banksy's art values explode with the help of L.A. demand and hype.
1: Yeah, yeah. The L.A. scene explodes. You
0: just sound like you're stealing. You got nothing to say. Well, no, I mean it's true. Like that
1: again, these things happened, right? Like there's no, I can't deny that that's what happened. Like it, 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 like it, that is when it happened. Yeah. Like what is that? Early '90s when it just went off. Uh, This would be right around yeah, like uh, late '90s to uh, 1998. Fucking Fight Club. Woo! Right. So again, um, that seems like a lot longer than five years from when the beginning of this started filming to like, they seem like there's a more like a 10 year gap there, but I I could be wrong.
0: Uh, here's where we meet uh, like a big time art collector named Wendy Asher. I remember uh, this was the person is funny. I so many times watching this, I did have lots of judgment towards different people for different reasons and whatever, you know, I think that this movie does that to you. I think it tr- intentionally tries to do that to you. And uh, I remember always not liking this person. The person's like, "Oh yeah, I got a couple Warhols in the closet, and I have a Keith Haring, but he fucking sucks. But I own him anyway because they're worth a lot of money." <laughs> yeah, like fuck this. That- and then we get to see like Sotheby's, where the where Banksy stuff is like starting to like get into the highest ends of the art scene. And people are starting to buy street art. You know, you got like hedge fund managers starting to buy, you know, walls of Banksy for, you know, hundreds of thousands
1: of dollars at this point. Yeah. Single paintings going for multi hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, I cannot. and uh, am I supposed to believe that he's upset about that? The Banksy's
0: upset about it?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, again, that's the kind of the way that it's being portrayed, right? Yeah, I mean how
0: you feel about it, I think is all valid. Tell us how you feel about it. Whether I agree with you or not isn't really important, you know. No, but I
1: mean, you even just said like the fact that it's selling for that much money it it upsets you.
0: Like it's I didn't I didn't I didn't like her how like she just like had all this stuff hiding in her closet and how she like didn't share it with the world. I'm like, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were upset because it was she was only doing it for the value of it. No 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 I was upset because it's like
0: No, that's to me, that's like the collector from the Marvel Universe or whatever, who just gets the most interesting things in the world and hides them all in their basement and nobody else gets to see them. I'm like, what are you doing? You said you don't even like Keith Aaron, but you're like, nobody
1: else gets to see it because it's in your closet. Well, yeah, this goes back to the museum thing. Like museums, how many, how many paintings aren't on the walls in a museum? Like three fourths of their work, right?
0: Yeah. So uh, Terry makes his documentary, uh, Banksy tells Terry, it's time to turn all your footage into a documentary. Six months later, uh, Banksy watches Terry's documentary, which is called remote li- li- Life Remote Control, which is an unwatchable rapid fire of images uh, made by the unorganized mind of Terry, who apparently has no ability to edit, only create content. Banksy tells Terry that he should make the documentary instead and to keep Terry busy tells him to pursue his street art career.
1: Yeah. Wow. Give yourself a little credit there Banksy, seriously. Don't don't just uh prop everybody else up, man.
0: So, scene fourteen. Mister Brainwash. Uh, Terry calls himself Mister Brainwash and copies the styles of street artists to create an Andy Warhol-like collection of art piece pieces made by a team of workers.
1: And that, that pre- also like really, really do look like Banksy's work.
0: Yeah, in preparation for a massive art show, uh, spending the one uh, the his entire life savings of one million dollars to prepare for it. And how did he save this money? Well, he had the, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's because he had the, let, let me keep saying it this way because I don't want to upset you. The, <laughs> the movie store? presents it in a way that he made mm-hmm. it from his clothing store. Mm,
1: yeah, because cl- clothing store owners, by the time they're 35, have a million in the bank all the time. That's pretty. Normal. I got money in the bank. That's just another part of this that I was like, wait a minute, he's never around. He's not actually working. He's somehow running and managing a store while he's doing all this artwork and his family's upset with him. And he's a millionaire. Come on in the what and this is 1990, whatever. come on. Selling T-shirts. I was selling some T-shirts for five hundred dollars each. Sometimes four thousand dollars.
0: Designer. It have. It have. And we saw Beck like in his store. Is we see the. It's funny how you see the celebrities oh, pop boy. up in this movie. We see Brad Pitt at one of like Banksy's art shows. We see Beck in Terry's clothing store. It's it's funny, and it's just like how you realize then all of a sudden how this stuff skyrockets in price. It's like Brad Pitt shows up to Banksy's art show. And next thing you know. Uh, Wendy Asher is, you know, buying up pieces and shoving them in her closet, you know. (laughs) Uh, The art style that uh, Mr. Brainwash has created, just like you said, Sean, is very much a copy or almost like if you took every street artist and just mashed them together and distilled it down to like the most simple thing, like it feels very uncreative. He's just taking all of what they all do and kind of Just doing a shitload of it, like a lot of juxtaposition, a lot of irreverence, a lot of mashups, a lot of like questioning of authority, a lot of stenciling, some art installations.
1: Yeah, it seemed like a lot of copycat, just a lot of copy, just just get the form, just put out the form and do it again and do it again and do it again and, and... I mean, again, so, it's just—it's a repetition of the theme, right? It's a repetition of <clears throat> what Andy Warhol did as well, and what he was saying, and and he even says that, right? Terry even says, "Well, Warhol's dead, so someone had to continue the the thought, basically." And he's like, "Don't you know? Don't don't look at what I'm doing in these little pieces that they're being done in. You have to look at the whole thing, and then look at, and then you can judge me by what I've." what I was capable of or not. Did I grow? Did I get better? Is it, is it more perfect in the end? So,
0: you know, I know you, you're you pointing out all like the what the fuck's here, but I definitely, there's also kind of a what the fuck here. It's like Mr. Brainwash is having a team do everything. And in we see a lot of criticism from other street artists because of the fact he's not creating anything. But we've already been shown that Banksy is basically has a huge team that is doing a lot of his stuff and it's a team doing this. It's not Banksy necessarily. And so I think again, there, it's kind of like the laugh might be on us this whole time based on how much we buy into the narrative of this story, because right now we're supposed to be thinking, Oh, Terry is such a sellout and such not a real artist. Cause he's not even making anything, but we're supposed to respect Banksy who apparently also has a team who makes most of his stuff.
1: And he's a sellout too. Right? He copied the guy in France. I mean, he he's basically the whole movie is about Banksy. It's about what Banksy did. It, that's all I think that's all it is. I think that I, I mean, I went as far at one point in time to go that dude is Banksy. Like there is no yeah. difference.
0: <laughs> he might be. There's been people who've theorized that Terry is Banksy. Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: it's what what a better way to come out of the dark right into and the clear light. sight right right and then just become something else and mr brainwash uh it all adds up right like
0: and to make the audience judge you like you're not a real artist but to think banksy is and here they're actually one and the same
1: right and then you're also now you're selling it out of two different places right you're you yeah. this guy who's out here and who's popular art and you're this guy who's underground art still
0: maybe the joke's on us yeah it's starting to all come together everybody if, uh, scene 15, disa- Disaster Strikes. Terry breaks his foot weeks before the show and is depressed by the enormity of the situation once on pain medication. Banksy sends a team of promoters to get the show in order. And as they take care of the nuts and bolts, Terry shifts his focus to hyping the show. He gets Shepherd Ferry and Banksy to release a statement, which adds hype, plus he does a ton of interviews uh, instead of actually working on preparing the show and we find that his spirits rise as he focuses on hype and focuses less on the nuts and bolts of the show
1: again this I this part is total nonsense total nonsense like the, there's no way you pulled that something like that off without it being completely chaotic and crazy and like some of that stuff they show for sure but there the, the if you have if 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 all of that art, you know, with all of that mind and all of that stuff being organized enough to pull all that off your, it's, it is the, uh, it is the space in which that person operates. So I don't, I don't believe for a second. I mean, if, I know it was chaotic, but I don't believe for a second that it was like not going to come together.
0: A uh, couple scenes here that I always got a kick out of is like, he says he's given custom prints to the first thousand people who come or first 200 or something like that. And then we get to see how he makes his custom prints. He lines them up all on a huge row in a huge studio room. He's sitting in his wheelchair, and he has somebody push him down the line as he holds a can of spray paint. <laughs> he just does a line through all of them.
1: Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's, just, it's a middle finger.
0: <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, and then we start to hear private collectors call in and inquire about these pieces that, again, are just like mashups of like Batman and Marilyn Monroe that he had, you know, uh, Intern make and they're like $20,000, $30,000. We get to see him actually make a piece of art. It's just one of his people painted or put the Mona Lisa on a big art canvas, like printed it out on one of these huge printers. And he just goes up with a little uh, eye patch stencil, puts it over her eye, does a little and he steps back and he goes, Does you spray? $12,000, $18,000. And then he laughs. He said, Does you spray? 12,000, 18,000. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. I
1: love it so much. What I mean, come on. You don't think the greats were also doing the same thing when they're sitting there with the paintbrush in their hand going, that's a thousand dollar stroke. That's another thousand dollar stroke.
0: Uh, Scene 16, day of the show. So much art, such a big space. There's a huge line outside. Uh, Terry goes dictatorial on the staff, uh, yelling orders uh, while also not wanting to do the real work and instead of doing interviews outside while his team needs help. The show is a massive, massive success and continues
1: for weeks. I think that scene was completely set up. Um, I don't think that actually happened. Like none of the people talk back to him. You never hear any of them speak once he's spoken. Right? It's just, and they never show their faces really. They just kind of show the sides of them and they're kind of in the shadows. I, I don't know. seems set up to me. You here, in here, I am the boss now. Nobody yeah. do nothing unless I say. <laughs> what did, who else would have been the boss, man? Like, who else would have come and tried to be the boss? You all listen to me. This go here.
0: This you take down.
1: So funny. So funny. Oh,
0: it's so funny. Since, uh, oh and I, my favorite part of this scene is uh, the young. Rich kids outside, just wanting to spend their money so bad on the newest type thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. This to me is a lot of what the movie is all about. Is that just scene of these kids who have so much money, right? These are LA kids of you know some some of their parents are probably super rich, right? And uh, that to them, it's very important to have something special to spend all of their money on that's so much of what all this is
1: some of it. Yeah. But you would have been there too, right? Like I think if you would have had the option to be there and known about it, you would have gone there and you wouldn't have been a kid that was necessarily looking to buy something. I don't something. think so,
0: man. Really? I really don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like MetaZoo got me right. MetaZoo got me, <laughs> but like uh, as far as like me falling into the hype of something, but with art I've never been like uh yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've always thought that art is more of an expression, and I think spending a bunch of money on art is kind of like a scam, and like the I, I, the joke is kind of on me.
1: I'm not, I'm not saying you would have gone there to buy stuff. I'm saying you would have gone there to look at it. To, to be. I don't like
0: leaving the house very much, Sean.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't really go out. Big big crowds bother me. Now I don't we think understand. I would
1: have gone on that. We understand why you ex- really respect the street artists now because they're just out all the time,
0: right? And they don't have to be around people. It's the nighttime. Right. Yeah, yeah. But they're just in the there. streets. Um, uh, scene 17 Street artists react. The street art community is not impressed with Terry's sudden rise to fame. Uh, however, Terry's success uh, does make him feel accepted, at least by the people buying his art. And he seems fairly
1: happy. Yeah. I'm I a couple questions for you. Is there ever a scene with Banksy and Terry in it at the same time? Uh, not where we see them
0: both. Presumably Terry's behind the camera in some scenes. Presumably. And we're supposed to
1: be looking at, quote, unquote, Banksy. Almost. Right. Except that if you'll note, like, it's the same camera. It's the same type of film. It's the same everything that the same footage was shot, the same angles, the same concepts as when he. Supposedly, Terry wasn't there, so that's the part that I mm. also found fascinating. Mm.
0: So, this is the part of the scene uh, where the street art community is not impressed with Terry. We see a lot of the different big names be like, He didn't work hard, he didn't you know perfect his art, he just went from zero to hero and made a ton of money, and that's not how it's supposed to work. And street art's not all about that. Um, this is where we see uh, somebody <laughs> say to Terry at his own show, He's like, It's all just you're kind of just doing Warhol. And he says, yeah, but Warhol passed away and I'm here. And I think that's a really important line too, just like you said. And uh, yeah, the it kind of wraps up here with uh, a couple of lines from Banksy that I think are extremely important. If we, you know, usually in films, uh, the director is very specific about how they like start and end a movie and things that are said and they don't say things for no reason. And so Banksy has two lines here at the very end, which I think are mean a lot for the way I look at this movie, which is first, maybe it means art is a bit of a joke. I love that. And then second, I don't think Terry played by the rules, but I don't think there are supposed to be any rules. So I think uh, if the art, May, is supposed to be a bit of a joke maybe this movie is supposed to be a bit of a joke and just like you sussed out on your first watch Sean which I think a lot of people including myself wouldn't but I suppose having you watch this is the perfect audience because you are an extremely skeptical person and it sounds like you sniffed it out right away a lot of people think this whole thing might be a farce that um, first of all Banksy might be a team of people uh, to get to your question early about do we know who Banksy is the first big name that was thrown out was i think robin Ginningham, which is a uh guy uh just you know like a middle-aged dude in uh in london uh but now it, the, it has developed to thinking that it's actually a team of people which i think we know that already he said it's a team of people we've seen groups of people do the installations there may not be one banksy maybe there's somebody in charge but the idea of now who people think might be in charge is a uh guy from the band massive attack named 3d because it seems like all of the worldwide art installations seem to follow massive attacks touring schedule (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is fucking hilarious (sighs) wherever massive attack tours that's where Banksy puts his art apparently so uh yeah um that all said maybe this whole thing was Banksy playing a joke on us or trying to make us think about art differently maybe Terry is Banksy maybe uh Shepard Ferry and Banksy got together and we're like hey me and you are gonna take our filmmaker Terry and we're gonna make this farce film and make people judge him because he's you know making money or not judge us because we're not or judge us because we're tagging walls or love us because we're not but the whole thing is actually kind of a bit of a joke and just there's not rules about what this movie's supposed to be. So we're just not going to play by them, and we're just going to make this thing. I don't know. I don't know, Sean.
1: That's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, I, it seems like a whole heck of a lot of work to be a big joke to me. Like I think that this person takes themselves very seriously and tries really, really hard to make it seem as if they don't. Um, it's, it's too beautiful. Like there, it's too much thought for it to be a joke uh, and, and to not take it seriously. Um, I think that it's easy for someone to care about something so deeply that, they, that the easy way for them to pull it off is to act as if, if it doesn't mean that much to them or if they're aloof about it. But in reality, the amount and the depth and the, you know, just the law I'll say that's put into it, it's obvious to me that it, it's everything to them. It is their it it is their way of life. Like I I don't think that they would be able to exist without doing what it is that they're doing. Or the team of people, right? I mean, it's to me, it's still one person's vision, right? Whether or not it's a bunch of people. What if it's Dread Pirate
0: Roberts situation? (laughs) What if it was Robin Williams and then before he committed suicide, he passed it off to Terry?
1: I mean, I think it's always that way in a, um, in a, I mean, you know, Steve jobs was supposedly that way too, right? Like didn't really create anything, but he had the vision to help people who had the ability to create things get there. I I just see it being in that same vein. Like we're finally entering into a time where connectivity allows us to get a group of people around us who are, you know, very very good at what they do and oftentimes the people who are very very good at something aren't good at being uh leaders of people like you know so they need someone who's a good leader to help guide them down a path that gets them to the best place
0: yeah maybe that's it i don't know i don't know i don't know uh if we'll ever figure out but i have a feeling we will someday especially as more information gets out there and the ai is going to analyze all this stuff right and it's going to for sure figure out what's what's going on here if it's 3d if it's robin Ginningham, or maybe we're not supposed to know maybe we're supposed to know i don't know i just know every time i watch this movie i look at it a little differently and uh i've enjoyed it every time and thank you sean for uh taking the time to watch it um I will say that I'm not not a fan of the Jam Band Massive Attack, which makes me sad because I am a fan of Banksy. Maybe not necessarily the specific art he does, but I think uh, just what he's doing and the fact that it feels um, like it's making me think about things, that alone uh, made me start to realize that art wasn't necessarily what I thought it was for the longest time. When I saw this movie for the very first time, my reaction was art isn't what I thought it was. Art is actually used to affect people. It's actually like like this movie, for example, like affecting people by making them judge other people or making them believe things or not believe things. I never thought of art as like a tool like that. And uh, yeah, this movie made me think that. And every time I see it, I think something new. So that's one of the reasons I like this movie. And uh, thanks for watching, Sean. Would you recommend this movie to anybody?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that, what you said is absolutely right that's why i i also included like time as a test for whether it's art or not because i think all the great artists knew that that's what they were doing like if you look at you know there's plenty of art plenty of exhibits plenty of things i've read or listened to or seen that other people are like oh my god it's the most beautiful thing and i'm like i don't need to be around this any for more than 2 seconds i'm good like i'm i don't need this in my life right like i do not like it and there are art historians saying oh but don't you understand like and I'm like no I don't and I don't want to really I don't it doesn't it's not art to me you can tell me it's art all day and you can tell me that they were the master of this type of art but it's not art to me and then I can look at something else and have that same epiphany that they were having with that piece of art and this art historian can tell me well that's not art right
0: yeah art's and, a very personal thing and I yeah. think that's uh, the way it affects you is a very personal thing and maybe that's what art's supposed to be at least that's where i've kind of landed in my life that art probably shouldn't hold this like tangible value so much um i mean there should be some value i suppose so artists can make a living or I, I don't know that's not really the question i'm struggling with but i suppose the question i think about when i watch this movie or where i land is that art is a process for the artist to deal with something whether it's like you said people needing to be seen by putting you know gnarly shitty spray paint lines all over a wall just because they feel like they are a man who needs to piss and leave their mark somewhere or whether it's somebody trying to deal with the you know death of their friend and that's the way they remember them is by going out at night and writing their name all over the city I do think that the best I don't best is a bad word too I do the way I like to believe that art should be used by humans is a therapeutic almost process of making the art and then on the other side, as people ingest that art, it should, or not should, but it can affect them. And that's the other purpose of art is when somebody then looks at it or digests it, how does it affect their life? And maybe that is supposed to have tangible value, but I don't know if Banksy's stuff should be selling for millions of dollars. That seems kind of ridiculous.
1: I don't know. To me, it makes perfect sense. If that many people want it, then that that's going to drive the value of it up. Also, if you're if you're going around and placing it out there intentionally in front of everybody's eyes, then, then that, and w- with the understanding that that is what causes the desire for it to take place, then I don't understand why you would expect any other conclusion.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, Sean, thanks, man. Should we go play some Valheim?
1: Yeah, I think it's time to get play to Valheim. I
0: think we're going to go play some Valheim, everybody. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Thank you if you made it to the end. I really appreciate it. Uh, Banksy, Terry, if you're listening, I'll do a joke. I'll do a lark with you guys. If you guys want me to do like 100 episodes of a podcast, but I'm like, I'll just do whatever. You know, I'll tell lies. Sounds fun. Let's make some art together. We'll get Sean in on it too. He'll be upset at first and be like, what are we fucking doing? And then he'll be like, okay, this is cool. And he'll be in on it too. It'll be a good time. Bye everybody. Bye Sean. I am Banksy. (laughs)